1: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Uh, I'm going to be joined today by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and Soccer Down Here. Um, It is the second day of Atlanta United's training camp. Uh, Today we're able to speak with Hector Viaba, Miguel Amaron, and Franco Escobar, but I want to talk to Jason today about the new faces he's excited about seeing in Atlanta United's training camp, and before you make assumptions, Ezekiel Barco, and I'm mispronouncing his first name uh but that's the american pronunciation it has not arrived yet it'll either be later this week or orlando next week when he gets here so jason thanks for coming on yeah anytime so who are you excited about seeing
0: you know i mean it's easy to say barco and nagby but it was great to have a chance to talk to franco Mm -hmm. and, and get to meet him a little bit and see what he's all about uh really thoughtful you know, I, I liked what he had to say and He's a
1: bigger dude, too
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little bit different type of right back Than I think we were used to last year A um, little more solid I think he's going to be a little more physical And from what I've seen of his career at Newell's You know, that kind of matches up with him um, I don't think he's going to be bodied off very often mm. in this league He's going to be able to handle the physicality
1: He's more walk-sized, I think, than mirror-sized As And a, right a little back.
0: stronger he looks, too Yeah A little bit stronger. I'm excited to see him. Um, And it was good to hear that, you know, he feels more comfortable playing at right back. Mm -hmm. That was one of the big questions coming in is, does he look at himself as a center back playing right back or does he feel like he's a right back? And he said it very clearly he feels like a right back.
1: Yeah, he said he doesn't speak English very well But when I asked the question he immediately answered in English right back didn't have to be translated He knew exactly what was being asked and what was needed.
0: Yeah, real engaging Um, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see the young guys You know we talked about it a good bit with the USL team launching this year That's gonna be a lot of fun to see the development of the homegrowns, but also the guys like miles Robinson and uh, Brandon Vasquez, who will probably play a little bit both places. You know, it, it's it's good to see this go from a first team that's exciting to a club, and that's what it really feels like in 2018. It's a full blown club now.
1: Uh, yeah, that that's true. Um, and it's a club with a lot of ambition, as evidenced by the trade yeah. for Nagby and the signing of Barco. I'm going to be curious to see where Nagby is played by Martino. Um, I'm also curious as to the formation and what tweaks he's going to make, because he really does have more talent players than there are spots on the field in the formations that we saw last year. Somebody is not going to get to play, and it could be someone who was impactful last season. Seems likely, if you had to guess right now, either Lernowitz or Gressel.
0: Yeah, or both. I mean, or when or you both. really start to yep. dig deeper into it, uh, Martino's going to have more raw material to work with this year than he did last year, and how he chooses to deploy it will be really the, the story of the season for me. Um He's going to have the flexibility. He doesn't have to you know, imprint the system this year. It, it's here. We know what the, the characteristics of Atlanta United are. We, but, but the elements where you take it to the next level, you know, where you see an opponent, it's like, okay, I'm going to play three in the back against this opponent because it's going to give us the best chance to win. Or I'm going to match up Nagby in this spot on the field to take advantage of a 1v1 that's the next level stuff here and and when you look around the league right now i don't think there's many teams with this luxury i think there's a lot of clubs who have big lineup questions mm-hmm. or big first level reserve questions whereas atlanta's looking you know third and fourth layer type of questions about how are they going to handle specific things where you look at chicago now who's playing on the left wing
1: right yeah, that was a shocking trade during the draft. Well, not shocking. When they drafted the uh, the kid uh, with their first pick. Beccaro. Yeah, Beccaro. Uh, the assumption, at least my assumption was, that uh, Akam was out the door. Uh, and a couple hours later, or less than a couple hours later, boom. Yep, that was true.
0: You know, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how Atlanta matches up with Toronto, who they played very well last year in mm-hmm. NYC. Two I mean, yep. you know, the split with NYC as well. Those three teams feel like the class of the league going into 2018. And it's going to be down to the little details to Mm -hmm. separate between those three. You know, Toronto has everybody back for the most part. NYC has added some firepower. And so has Atlanta. So, what are the little details that's going to separate the top of the East and, in my opinion, the top of the league?
1: And don't forget it, Atlanta United is still planning on adding a player. Uh, Bocanegra confirmed that again yep. yesterday. I uh, wouldn't say what position. I think the assumption is that most people are making is right back because really there's only one on the roster. Right now?
0: And he feels like a right back. We and he fans. feels like a
1: right back. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Gressel might get work there. They didn't do anything with the ball well, We didn't see them do anything with the ball today, Uh, so we're not clear. And they weren't working with the full squad. There was a couple of guys that weren't there today. Parkhurst wasn't out there. We didn't see Peterson out there. The goalkeepers were working in the gym uh, during the portions we got to see. And the goalkeepers do include uh, the fourth-round draft pick. I saw him in there, along with Hildebrandt, Guzan, Khan, and... um, uh, the Academy uh, kid. Justin Garces? Yeah, Garces was in there too uh, working out. Um, So that's going to be an interesting battle for the backup behind Guzan.
0: The the battles on this roster are going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to be battles at the first team and battles at the USL. And Mm -hmm. and preseason... We were talking about this on soccer down here today. There, there's a lot of questions, but they're the good type of questions that you want. It's, mm-hmm. it's competition for spots. It's not we don't have a player here or we don't have we don't know what we're doing with this lineup or with this position. It's that next level stuff. Like who's going to be the regular backup for Greg Garza? Is right. it going to be Hernandez? Is it going to be Ambrose? Does McCann. does Bello push his way in? Does McCann slot in at left back? Now who's going to be Escobar's backup on the right side, we don't know yet. Who's going to be the third and fourth center back? We don't know yet. There are some questions that, you know, are bigger for me the system though and the style is are we going to see more right. variety in formation and and style Yeah, of that's that's
1: what I that was one of the things if you had to criticize Martino last season the two obvious things were player selection, particularly toward the end, and just the kind of inflexibility with the formation. Now having said that, they were trying to earn the second seed yeah. in the playoffs. So you have to play your best players. So I, I think it's probably unfair to criticize him for player selection. And I don't think And at he the same had, time you had to go with what you know. Yeah. And so thinking, um, you had to go with the 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. Three, three. You had to go even with then, they, Yeah, even then, they, they did drop into a three-man back line, particularly when they were chasing results mm-hmm. in some games. And Toronto,
0: the final match of the regular right. season. That was a definite change-up that Tata Martino threw out. And it, it got you a 2-1 lead. Right. You know, I mean, but then that's where that's the next level stuff. And that's where now you have more players that I think you trust going into this season. Where okay, you're two one up on Toronto at home. You want to close it out and see that game out. What changes do you make to do that? Right. Do you go to four in the back there? Do you go to more of a true four five one there? I don't think at that point in the season. One, you had guys on tired legs. So you were mm-hmm. trying to get the number two seed. But two, I don't think Martino felt like he had as many options that he trusted right. at that point. Whereas this season, you're looking at significant contributors and important pieces that will be available off the bench. Right, You're yeah. going to be able to go deeper into your roster this year than you did last year.
1: And I'm also curious to see what's going to be the curveball. That he's going to throw at somebody, either with a personnel choice in a position, or a tactic, or a formation, or something like that. That's that's going to be curious. I mean, he's when I asked him, it was the last question we get to ask him yesterday about the three-man back line, and he said yes, and he said it pretty definitely. But what I didn't get to ask him is, does that mean five-man midfield, a six-man midfield, and like a stack three-three? Uh, but I guess we'll find out fairly soon.
0: Yeah, I think you'll see some of that in the preseason. And if, if I had to call it today, I, I don't think it'll be the more traditional three-five-two. I think you're looking more at like what his mentor Marcelo Bielsa did with Chile, where it's it's more of a three-three-three-one or a three-three-one-three, depending on how mm-hmm. you deploy players. I, I think it's going to be a little more like that. But I don't know if that's something you can run with. 90 minutes on a regular basis with this group. I think you're you're exposed in some areas that could be tricky. Um, he's going to be able to mix and match based off opponent more this year than he ever was last year, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm excited to see those that tactical variety that we really haven't seen much of in MLS. Right. And and Tata Martino is going to have the the resources to do it this year.
1: So if you had to pick a player that Atlanta United could add that would strengthen the team. Regardless, I mean, not assuming it's one of the DPs on another team, but just another guy out there. Who, who would you like to see them add?
0: Um, a player that I mentioned at the end of last season who I think needs a new home and would give them somebody different that they don't have, Keegan Rosenberry in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Because he kind of lost his place last year Uh, Seemed to have uh, A falling out with Jim Curtin Raymond Gaddis has really taken the right back Role in Philadelphia And Rosenberry had a great rookie season in 2016 Mm -hmm. And he's that attacking Type of right back That would give you a different look Than Escobar and give you more of a true Right back and I think he's got something To prove Um, Not on a huge contract either So I mean he was a guy who was called into The January camp going into last season Mm -hmm. with the national team. Mm -hmm. So he could be a player that might be available via trade and would would fill a need. There's a few free agents out there at right
1: back as well, but not many. Well, The one that's really interesting, I think he's a free agent, that a lot of people on Twitter were talking about yesterday would be a great fit is Brad Evans. Well, pricey
0: is the only thing.
1: Well, it depends on...
0: And does he think he's still a starter, or does would he come here to be really a, a rotation player, or maybe even a role player?
1: Yeah, I think it would, it would definitely be a role player. You know, three hundred
0: thousand last year, you're not going to sign him to be a role player for that.
1: Well, three hundred thousand in Seattle is about one hundred fifty thousand dollars in Atlanta. That's true. That's also <laughs> for true. cost of living. This is very true. <laughs>
0: so you might be able to sell him on that. Um, I think he kind of feels like he's still a starter in this league, though, and I think he could start for teams. The free agent market's been a little. Slow to build, and I think over the next week, two weeks, you're gonna see guys like that end up. Kofi Sarkodie is another one, right? Who's out there, right back that uh-huh. could be a fit. There's a few, but not too many, and I think that's really the the need right now. If you could go get a right back, um, another one that that we've mentioned before is Ricardo Clark. You know, a veteran. Who I thought he
1: resigned with Houston.
0: Uh, Am I, I wrong on that? Don't believe so. Demarcus Beasley did. Okay. I don't think Clark is. I thought there I saw
1: yet. that he did. Um, okay Well that's good to know Yeah there's some veterans Out there yeah. That I
0: think could be available and, and might be a little more Receptive to being That role player
1: uh, The guy who got traded From Minnesota to Colorado Who then Option got declined uh, Josh Gatt Josh Gatt He
0: is on trial With Chicago Fire
1: Okay It'll be interesting Yeah this
0: is gonna be A fun next couple of weeks As rosters start to come together And some teams have bigger questions to answer right now. Oh, yeah. Than a
1: lot of teams in the East have, a, I mean, there are some gigantic holes in a lot of rosters. Yeah. Philadelphia has some holes. DC United has a few holes, but I think they're going to be much improved. Orlando City is either going to be much, much better or much, much worse than last year. And I don't think it's possible for them to be much, much worse.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if you saw three new teams in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference.
1: And who would drop out?
0: Uh, Columbus, Red Bull, and Chicago. Red Bull. Oh, interesting. I think they could. I mean, again, there's questions. You know, how yeah. do they replace the production from Sasha mm-hmm. Um Orlando, now that they have that production. Orlando with Kleschen and Dwyer could be quite the duo. And with Jose Colman fitting in, too. I like what, what Orlando could be. Mm-hmm. I like what D.C. could be. Mm-hmm. And Montreal is the wild card that I felt like really
1: underperformed last year. Yeah, I think so. I thought they were a really good team, and, and they just... You don't want to say they gave up, but the results just stopped.
0: Something was a disconnect there. Yeah, And, something and happened. we'll see how Remy Gard adjusts to the league. That's another big question is how quickly does he adjust to this level? And they've now lost Blair and Jamiley. So Montreal, I think, has the pieces to get back there, but can they? Because it's it's going to be real competitive in the east, I think, for, th- for uh, spots 4 through 6.
1: And New England is just kind of
0: i don't know what to expect
1: you look at their draft their draft was big head scratcher draft uh they keep teasing some signing that's coming and it hasn't happened yet and chicago i like chicago but I, i don't know i'm just i'm there's some old legs on that team
0: and they're thin behind the old legs yeah and now how do you replace a com is it daniel johnson that's asking a lot. Yeah, only, is it baquero yeah. I don't know what his position is with that team really yet. Michael Deleu, who I do really like, is coming off of injury.